Luke chapter 17 this evening. We're going to be there a few other places, but uh, when we turn to a couple other places, keep your finger there in Luke because we're going to go back there uh, and be there the entire evening. How many of you caught yourself complaining this past week about something? Anybody? I did. I, I would catch myself and say, oh, that preacher, there he goes again, meddling in my business. And uh, isn't it easier to complain than to be happy? It's just easier. It's because it's human nature. Now, I do need to do a little bit of house cleaning from last week. I said that I used to complain about my wife's cooking. It's not because my wife's cooking was bad. That's not why I complain. Some of you um, uh, gave me some hate mail this week. Um, some of you ladies. And, and I need to clear that up. Um, I think my wife put you ladies up to it. Um, when I would complain, it was because it wasn't what I wanted. So I would come home and say, oh, we're having this. I would rather have that. And so it wasn't, the, the food was delicious. Um, and it just, I wasn't in the mood for something. So I just need to, I need to clear that up. Um, because we were doing some meals for someone this week and they, they texted me and said, don't tell your wife this, but don't send anything from her kitchen. Um, based upon what you said last week. And I, I just needed to clarify that. She's a great cook. <clears throat> Was that what you wanted me to say? No? Are we good? Huh? I made it worse. <laughs> you just stop your complaining. All right, murmuring, complaining. We looked at that last week. And um, as I said, it, it's so natural, but it doesn't mean it, it's right. Just because it's easier to complain than have a good spirit doesn't mean that it's right, and it's not Christ-like. We looked at last week that it was sin, and that it's not God hates it because it's sin. And so we, um, we have two options. When we recognize something isn't right, we can say this. You know what? I'm just I'm going to go neutral. I just, I just won't complain. But just not complaining isn't what Christ is after, though, because we should replace that critical spirit with a spirit of gratitude, a spirit of thankfulness. And so it isn't, well, I just won't complain anymore. I'll just live neutral and just be stoic. We ought to say, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill that void that I empty of sin, and I'm going to fill it with something um, uh, Christ-like. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter number 17, and in verse number 11, this story is, is probably for many a familiar passage of Scripture, but I don't want to take this familiar passage of Scripture and, 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 and miss out what we need to see here in this passage. In verse number 11, the Bible says, It came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he had entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down at his feet, on his face, uh, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. 
And he said unto them, Arise, uh, unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to dig into these several verses here, and I want to talk to us tonight about replacing that negative spirit with a spirit of thanksgiving or thankfulness in our life. How many of you, you, you would say that you do a great job in every area thanking people for whatever they do to you that's kind or gracious or someone shows you mercy or somebody's kind? How many of you just have this thing mastered on having a spirit of thankfulness? Tom, come, you come up and teach because I don't. I, I struggle with this. I want you to write this down. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to give you several thoughts here this evening or several points, and we're going to dive again into this scripture. But I want, to, I want you to write this down. Attitude is so important. Attitude is so important. Now, when you hear the word important, what does that mean? Not a trick question. Paramount? If a teacher says, okay, tomorrow's the exam. Get out a piece of paper. I'm going to give you the important things that you need to study. How many of you would say, I don't think we need to know that? No, what you would say is, all right, I'm going to write this down. This is important. This is what I need to know to pass the exam that we're going to take. The attitude, your attitude, how you, how you perceive things, how you react to things, how you respond to things is so important in your life, your attitude. And when your attitude is wrong, everything you see is going to appear that way. Have you ever, we call it, you've, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Did, did you ever look at somebody one day and, and just like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Like, it doesn't matter what's being said. You've got a bad what? Attitude. How many of you have ever had a bad attitude? Everybody. For whatever reason, everything that happens, you wake up and you've got a bad attitude. You get to work and it doesn't matter what anybody says because our attitude is wrong, everything we see is wrong. How many of you, you recognize that at times in your life? You don't have to raise your hand because some of you are going to lie and not raise your hand. But how many of you, you say, that's, that's me? I mean, I can be the most critical person around. And it's because of how I see things, because of my attitude and things. And we need to learn, as I said, to replace a complaining attitude with a thankful attitude. All right, and so we find in Luke chapter number 17, in verse number 11 and 12, the Bible says that Jesus is going to Jerusalem. He passes through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. He enters into a certain village and he meets 10 lepers which stood afar off. Now, there's something significant about this. Jews did not travel through Samaria. For what reason? Somebody tell me. Say that louder. They were, they were looked down upon. They were half-breeds. They weren't full Jews. They were called names. Matter of fact, you could probably even look at it as very, being very racial toward them. Because you're not like us, we are not going to associate with you. It's significant that Jesus would come through Samaria because the Jews in the day, they would do everything they could to avoid Samaria. They'd go around it because they didn't want to get caught in Samaria, dealing with the Samaritan. 
There, there, there was, they, they were half Jews and, 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 and uh, uh, not full Jews, and so they, they looked down upon the Samaritans. But Jesus, he sees it important, and the Bible shows us right here, he travels through the midst of Samaria. He comes across, the Bible says in verse number 12, he comes across in this certain village, he meets 10 lepers, and they stood afar off. Now, leprosy in those days, today you don't hear a lot about it, and I guess there's a cure for it, and so we don't have these leprosy camps that they did back then, but there was no cure for leprosy in those days. And so what, if, you, if you got leprosy, you were, you were t- uh, evicted from your home, from society, and you had to go live in a, a camp that was just other lepers, and, and you were going to die. You're going to die. We're not sure how long it's going to take, but your sin is going to your sin. Your skin is going to start changing color. Pus is going to come out of it. You're going to start to lose fingers and toes, and things were just going to start to wither away. You had a death sentence if you had leprosy. Now we don't know. There's we we only know about these lepers that there's ten of them. We don't know at what state they were in or what condition or what level of leprosy they had. We don't know if they were close to death. We don't know if it was something they just uh, uh, contracted and just sent there. All we know is that there's 10 of these in, in a village in Samaria, and they begin to cry out and begin to, 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 to cry out to Christ for help and for him to pay attention unto them. Now, I want you to understand something about leprosy. Again, this is important for us to understand what they're feeling and what they're going through when we look at the reaction in the end of this story. If you had leprosy, you could not. If you were a, a father and you contracted leprosy, you could not go and hug your children and, and be close to your children any longer. If you were married, you could not spend time with your, with your spouse. You couldn't spend time with your parents or with, when, when birthdays and holidays and anniversaries and when all the family would get together, you could not go there. Your memories, uh, making memories were cut off from your family. Even more significant even than that would be this. You couldn't worship. You couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't worship. So the activities, your hobbies, the things that you enjoyed, the things that you love to do, your life was over. You were sentenced to a a confinement with other lepers. It was a death sentence, and literally you're just going to wait to die. Now, how many of you say that sounds like a great life? I want you to think about this even further. There was probably not a whole lot of fun, joyful, laughter, humor, enjoyment here at this death camp. There was nothing to be excited about. You weren't going to see other people. You weren't going to spend time with other people. You weren't going to worship. You were going to die. There was nothing to be excited about here at this place. Imagine the misery that would take place here. And that's the condition that we find these 10 lepers in when Jesus meets them. He comes through and Let's look at verse number 13. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. Now, the law required the priest to determine if they were clean or not. They went to the priest, and if the priest declared you unclean, you were sentenced to this death camp. 
this camp with other lepers. And so he says to them, I want you to go, and I want you to, I want you to go to the priest, and I want you to show yourself to him. And something happens on this way. They're walking along. And, and, and just imagine with me, if you would, these ten, these ten would probably go together because when they left, they were still lepers. And that's all they had. That's all they knew. And so they're walking along. They, Jesus speaks to them. They leave. They go walking on their way. And I don't know how far they got. Obviously, it was just enough away from Jesus so that one of them could turn and still speak to Jesus. But at some point on that journey, all of a sudden, someone either looks at another person and says, you're cleansed. Look at you. Look at your hand. They look at their hand. Or maybe someone was looking at their own hand and noticed it and said, guys, Look what's going on. And all of them instantaneously looked at themselves and looked at each other. And guess what they found? They were cleansed. The leprosy was gone, completely gone. All because of Christ. I want you to write this down. Again, this is significant. We're going to get to it here in a moment. But I want you to write this down. Number one, your attitude is so important. Number two is this. Everyone needs the Lord. Everyone needs the Lord. You cannot overcome fleshly, sinful um, uh, things that we are just, because we're human, you can't overcome them on your own. You need Christ. We are just like these lepers. We're sinners, and we cannot overcome our sin. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good in ourselves. No matter how much you try, you're still sinful. You need Christ. We need Christ. These lepers needed Christ. They couldn't heal themselves. Listen, there's no doctor that could heal them. There was no amount of money that could heal them. There was no priest that could heal him. them. There was no, no one. It was a hopeless situation. And that's exactly where we find ourselves. We are in a hopeless situation. And without Christ, we're dead in trespasses and sin. But with Christ, there's hope. There's salvation. There's healing. But something interesting we find, look with me in verse number 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. I want you to write this down, number three. Only a few thank him personally. In this number, only 10% of the people actually thanked God for what he did. There's a verdict of death. These 10 lepers, they all go walking along, and all of a sudden they're healed. But only one turns and actually thanks God. Now, I, I want you to think about this this evening. What have you thanked God for lately? What have you thanked him for? Well, what is he doing in your life that you are thankful for? Let me ask you this question. How many of you woke up this morning? Yeah, raise your hand on that. Everybody, raise your hand. Let me help you. Raise your hand. You all did. You have something to thank God for. How many of you are breathing right now? In and out. You have something to thank God for. These 10 all get healed. 
Nine of them just go on their way. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think they were happy that they were healed? I guarantee they were. I'm sure that the, the commotion that those nine caused when they got to the priest and when they got back to their family, I'm sure that parties were thrown and hugs were given and tears were spent. I know that they appreciated it, but they weren't thankful back to Christ. And I think this, there's a lot of things in life that we appreciate. There's a lot of things in life that we enjoy, but there's a lot of things in life that we have forgotten to thank God for because we're looking at what we don't have because we're looking at it's not the way it used to be, because we're looking at so many things through the wrong lenses, we forget or we don't take advantage of all the things that we could be thanking God for. These nine show that there's this one. And this is seen over and over and over in the Bible. It's seen over and over in our life. You know what? All they had to do was ask, and then they went in faith, and the miracle happened. And I, wanna, I, I wonder this, how many, how many prayer requests that God has answered that we have failed to thank him for? I mean, we just get so caught up in life, in the business of life, and it's not even that we're negative. We've got, that, we've got that licked. We're not a negative person. We don't look at the negative things. I look at the positive, and, 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 and I'm not a negative person. I've got that situated in my life. Listen to me. It's not enough to not just be negative. What, what we ought to be is thankful. And so all the things that God is doing, all the things that God has blessed you with, all the things that God is, is, is done in your life, are we thankful? Do we stop and turn and worship? I want you right now, I want you to think about something in your life that you are thankful for. Just, I just want you to take this minute tonight. I want you to just think. Something that you're thankful for. And I want to take the next step. Something that maybe you haven't thanked God for but that you are thankful for. What do you think about that? And right now, in your heart, I want you to thank God for it. Just spend a moment, just by yourself. I'm not even going to say, don't even tell the person next to you, because it's not that I'm going to tell someone else what God did. Right now, in your heart, what has God done for you today that you've not yet thanked him for? Just look at your heart. Let him show you. And reveal it. Say, God, I'm not going to be like the nine. I'm going to turn back to you, and I'm going to thank you for whatever it is. you look this way. If you're thankful, it's because you've chosen to be thankful. You just made a conscious decision to look at a blessing of God and thank him for it. You know what this one man, this one out of nine lepers shows us? If you're thankful, 
It's because you chose to be thankful. It's because you took the opportunity to thank God. You know what I think sometimes where we fail? We don't take the opportunity to be thankful. I um, tread lightly here. I used to complain. You know what I make it a habit of doing now? Every time we eat? Thanking her. See, I used to complain, not about what she cooked, not about how it tasted. But now what I do is when I'm finished, I say to her, thank you. You know what's so interesting? My children used to complain, not about what it tasted like. Now you know what I find my children doing? Thanking. Thanks, Mom. That was a great dinner. You see, the reason why is because we choose to be thankful. Listen to this. If you choose to be, if you're critical, it's because you chose to be critical. You either choose to be thankful or you choose to be critical. Remember last week I said, just remember the dentist when he says, this is going to pinch just a little bit? This is going to pinch just a little bit again. Matter of fact, this whole series is probably going to pinch a little bit. Because no one wants to hear this. Everyone wants to believe I have a good reason for my bad attitude. When you have a bad attitude, you know what you have convinced yourself? You have a good reason for it. You're allowed. Let me tell you what's happened to me. Let let me tell you what kind of day I've had. Let me tell you what I'm living. Let me tell you what news I've got. Let me tell you what God is doing in my life. I deserve to have a bad attitude. You choose to have a bad attitude. Or you choose, or you choose to have a good attitude or a thankful attitude. Write this down in your heart somewhere. Just because you're complaining is understandable, it doesn't mean it's excusable. I, I, I cancel a lot. I spend a lot of time in my office, at a coffee shop, on my phone, late at night, early in the morning. A lot of time, hours, every single week. And let me tell you, I've talked to people where I've heard their story, and you know what I say? I understand. That's a raw deal. That's that's tough. But just because our complaining is understandable, it doesn't mean it's excusable. It doesn't mean it's right. Just because we say, you know what, that is a raw deal, it doesn't mean that we have a right to complain. Luke chapter 17, verse 16, look there. And he fell down on his face uh, at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Listen, the Samaritan, that's the one with the least reason to return to Jesus. This is a Samaritan. They didn't talk to the Jews. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans. There was not a whole lot of friendship there. They weren't looking for friendship. If there was anybody that could have just walked away and not been thankful, it was the Samaritan because there was no relationship and there wasn't going to be a relationship because of all the tension between the Jews and the Samaritan. But the one with the most reason to run is the one who returned with thanksgiving. 
Listen, how much more than it would, would it be for a child of God who has no reason to run? The gospel has saved us. The gospel has, has, has given us eternity, uh, eternity with God. The gospel has redeemed us back to God. We're a child of God. We don't have a reason to complain about him. Yet we fail to turn and thank him. And for many people, our attitude, it stinks. I'm not saying you. I'm saying people that aren't listening to this message, you know. People, no, the reality is this. Our attitude stinks. I have a stinky attitude. It's truth. I'm human. It's easy for me to complain. It's easy. It's natural for me to complain. It's natural for me to have my attitude stinks. And that's for many, our attitude stinks because of, not because of the situation, but because it's who I am. It's truth. If I got a million dollars, you know what? I didn't get two. I get a new car, but I didn't get the wheels on it that I wanted. I got the house I wanted, but I didn't get this that I wanted. Isn't it amazing when your attitude stinks, it doesn't matter how good you just got, it's not enough? That, am I right? Or is it just me? How many of you would say my attitude stinks? Hello, my name is Jeremy and my attitude stinks. <laughs> it's true. I get this, but somebody else got something better. It snowed on the Sunday when I was supposed to have church. Other people had church. I had the stinky attitude Saturday, Sunday morning. It's the truth. Didn't I? This just isn't fair. I said this, God, why would you snow on your day? I asked God that I did. And God said, because I wanted it to. Oh, okay. You're God. You can. I, I said, God, do you know that there's not going to be an offering on Sunday. We're going to have to have a government furlough at the church. I told the staff that on Tuesday. Guess what? You're all getting furloughed. They just looked at me. I said, yeah, there's a wall of snow. You're all getting furloughed. You're out of here. But I, and, and, then, and then it hit me like I'm complaining to God about his church, about his offering. And instead of just saying, God, this is your plan. This is what you want. This is your will. I can't do anything about it. And instead of seeing it, and, 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 and someone, someone said this to me, do you know how many people from out of our state and out of our city and that tuned into the message and got that message and responded that that was a good message? And I said, no, I didn't look because I had a bad attitude. I didn't care. Somebody said, you know how many people were helped because God did what he wanted to do? I'm being, I'm being a little bit facetious. I wasn't that mad on Sunday. I, I preached in, a, in a, just a sweater. It was kind of nice, you know, <clears throat> sitting down next to a fire. But isn't it ironic? Anything that comes, if our attitude stinks, that situation stinks. And somebody else would love to have the situation that you look at like a negative. 
Somebody else would love to have the blessing that we look at and see the negative. Do you understand there are people that would love, that would love to have your church? Do you know that there's people that would love to have your family? Listen, and don't take this weird, but there are people that would love to have your spouse. Not, not your spouse, you know what I mean. The things you look at as negative, somebody would say, are you serious? That's a blessing. I'd give anything for that. Somebody would love to have your job. Do you understand the poverty, the condition that the rest of the world sits in? How many people out of the billions of people alive today that would give anything to have your life? The life that we just don't thank God for. There are so many people that would say, I would trade you on your worst day what I get on my best day. Yet we're not thankful. And the reason why is because of our attitude. Uh, Listen, I can actually choose to be a different person by choosing a thankful attitude. I can actually choose to be a different person by choosing a thankful attitude. When I was really young, we moved to Philadelphia. We moved from Michigan to Philadelphia. And, and um, so we moved from like green grass where we used to play in the grass to the place they used, they smoked the grass. I mean, it was, it, it, it really was. I mean, it, it was, it was a culture shock to us, culture shock. And we moved in, we moved in with this lady. Her name was Pauline White, and she was about this tall, and she was about that wide, too. I'll never forget her. She was four feet tall, four feet wide. She was old when we moved in. We, my family of five, three kids, and my mom and dad moved into her house, a little row home in Philadelphia. We moved there. We lived there for like two months before we found this house to move into as my dad was going to start this church. And and, and so we're living with Pauline White. Now, Pauline White, she was retired, and, and I know she was the most happiest person in the world. And I know why, because how many of you ever heard of Whitman's Chocolate? Have you ever heard of that? It's like famous. I don't even know if it's around anymore, but she retired from, and, and I always would, every time I would see the I Love Lucy episode of the chocolate, I thought of Pauline White with, with working at, but no wonder she's so happy. She worked at, with chocolate every day, you know? And, and, and no wonder she was so wide. She worked with chocolate every, every day. Um, but she was the most happiest person I've ever met. And, and even today, like, I, I will never forget her. And it was like back in the 80s when I met her. Matter of fact, she had such an impact on my life. After I got married, I wanted my wife to meet Pauline White. I was driving through Philly trying to find like an 85-year-old lady. And she, she always had something positive to say. And then she gave you a piece of chocolate. It was great. Like, cheer up, here's some chocolate. But, but if you had a bad day, she always saw the other side of your bad day. We, we would, we moved, I mean, it was culture shock to us. Like, we, we were walking to church, and we got, my brother and I got jumped while we were on the way to church, and, and, and like, 
The first night we were in, the, in, in Philadelphia, there was a drug deal that happened right on their steps. And then the second night, there was a stabbing right in the same place. Culture shock. And she always had something positive. Well, at least you got your first stabbing out of the way, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> at least they're going to go away happy. Somebody's going to be happy tonight with those drugs, you know. I mean, it was it, the way she, we're just like, what are you? She always had a positive spin on everything. <laughs> everything. And I never have forgotten that woman. Because she chose to be positive. And I joke about the chocolate, but the reality was this. Everything, the reason why she was the way she was is she said, this is all about Christ. I'd see her reading her Bible. She would tell others about Christ. She was the kindest, most compassionate person. You know who she credited for? She credited to Christ. Christ made me this way because of who he is. In her relationship with Christ, everyone around her saw a thankful person. This person was different than anyone else I've ever met in my life because she chose to be. Now, this is the reality. You can think of more and quicker people who aren't kind, who aren't nice, who complain. And the list is so long compared to the person that you never hear complain who just seems to have a positive attitude about life. Right now, if I said to you, do you know anybody negative? You'd say, oh, where do you want me to start? And it's the because they chose to be. Listen, one person that turned back to Christ was positive and thankful because he chose to be. Nine chose not to be. Our, our, our attitude, our choices, we need to learn with our attitude to be thankful. We need to maybe even relearn it in some cases in our own life. We need to learn to thank the Lord for his blessings. I want you to see with me in verse number 17. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? Now, Jesus knew the answer. Would you not agree with that? But where are the nine? I want you to write this down, please. In your Bible, in your notes, in your heart, don't forget this. Jesus noticed the lack of gratitude. Would you just put that someplace and not forget that? Jesus noticed the lack of gratitude. And that ought to bother us. He noticed it in these nine, and he notice, notices it in us as well. When we don't behave like that one, Jesus notices this, and he asks, wasn't there Tom that I blessed? Wasn't there Scott that I blessed? Oh, didn't I bless that family today? D didn't I meet their need? What, are they going without something that I promised that I would do? But they didn't turn around and thank me today. And Jesus noticed. And, and when, I, when I read that verse, it stuck out to me. Why did he put that there? We didn't need to know that. 
You know what I believe the, the, the Holy Spirit told Luke to put that there? As a reminder to us that Jesus recognizes and realizes and he remembers when we're not thankful. And it bothers him. Because only a few thanked him personally. I want you to write this down, number four. Only a few experienced him powerfully. I believe the reason why many of us don't experience him powerfully is because we don't thank him personally. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Look with me in verse number 19. And he said unto him, speaking of the one that turned, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, was he already cleansed? He was. Physically, all 10 of them got cleansed. Spiritually, only one of them did. Spiritually, the one that came back, Christ said, he already was whole. He was whole physically. He's speaking of this one spiritually. He got to witness Christ's power spiritually because he was thankful. It wasn't, just a, it wasn't just a physical healing. Nine got healed physically. One got healed spiritually as well. And, and I, I want you to think of this. Thankfulness leads to a greater faith. In, in Romans chapter 1, and just for sake of time, write this down. Would you write down Romans chapter 1 and study Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 and verse number 21? Put that all in there. And I want you to go back and I want you to study this. Because what you're going to find is this, um, all creation, all creation shouts, God is good. All creation shouts, there is a God. Now, now people in society in, since the beginning of time want to deny that. But the reality is, look at the sun, look at the moon, look at the stars, look at, look at the seasons, look at what we see in creation. And you know what it shouts? God is good. There's a creator. There's a creator. And, and you know, turn, I've got, to, I've got to turn there. Look, look with me in Romans. I'm sorry, you, you, just to get this point, I need you to read this verse with me. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Verse number 20, um, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world were, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power, the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. But, but look in verse number 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Their spirit, a lack of thanksgiving, they missed out on God because they were unthankful. Listen, you miss out on God's power and what God has for you and where he wants in, 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 in all the things he has for your life. You miss out when you don't have a spirit of thanksgiving. Saturday, I... I, uh, it, was, it was snowing, you know, pretty good Saturday, and I didn't want my son driving. And my son, he started, just started working at Churchill's, and it's, it's literally a mile and a half from our house. Mile and a half. I mean, he could walk there. And I probably should have made him walk there, you know. When I was a kid, I, well, well you know. Um, so I said, to, I said, I'll take you to work. 
it was, it was, right, in the, it was right in the middle of the, the junk, and I said, I'm going to take you. And Michelle said, well, you're not going out in this without me. And so she jumped in the car as well. So the three of us are going to, if we're going to die, we're dying together, you know. <laughs> and I'm dying at the car, the wheel. And it, it took us a little bit longer, and it took us a little bit longer because when we pulled out, there was a car that shouldn't have been driving. And I'm not being critical. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this car shouldn't have been driving on the road. That's all I'm saying. And I followed this thing all the way down. And literally, it should have taken me, even in the snow, five minutes, but it took me like six because I followed this car, you know? <laughs> it was a minute too long, okay? Just being honest. I pull up, and he jumps out of the, the truck, and he runs inside because he doesn't want to be late. And I looked at Michelle, and I said, he didn't even say thank you. Didn't even say thank you. I mean, I risked my life so he could go to work. He didn't even say thank you. And when he gets home, I'm going to tell him about it. And she said, no, you're not. And I said, okay, I'm not. <laughs> and for a moment, it bothered me. Now, was, did he have a bad attitude? No. Did I know? Did I know he was thankful? I did. But he didn't say it. And as I was studying for this, the Lord brought that to my attention, how it bothered me as his dad that he didn't acknowledge something I did for him, a blessing that I did for him. He didn't have experience in driving in that condition, and I got him there safely. And the Lord smote my heart, and he said, and that's exactly what it's like when you don't thank me for protecting you, for carrying you through. And I said this, you don't have experience. Did I tell him this? You don't have experience in driving in this. And so I'm going to get you there safely. And God smotes my heart and he says, and there's things in your life you don't have experience in either. And I see you through. I take the wheel. And you haven't thanked me. It's so easy to see it in someone else when they do it to you. It's so hard for us to see it when we do it to God. Yet we do it so often. And because of that, only a few experience him powerfully. Neither were they thankful. You see, refusal to give God uh, thanks to God leads to a self-centeredness, I don't need God attitude. We don't want that as children of God. We want God to understand and know we need him and we need his power. Write this down if you would, please. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. Who said that? I have no idea, but it was good. It wasn't original. Gratitude is the attitude that sets the altitude for living. When we can choose to sail above, but we settle for sludging through the mud, it's the choice we made. I want you to turn with me to Psalm, one of, one of, the, one of I think, one of the greatest psalms. I like all of them. They're all good. They're all inspired by God, but this one is so good. Psalm 107, if you turn there, verse number 8. Psalm 107 in verse number 8. <clears throat> It says this, oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness. 
and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Listen to that again. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness. What's the psalmist saying? He says there, oh, wake up, mankind. Oh, that man would praise him for his goodness. He's good, whether you praise him or not. The psalmist is not saying God's only good when you praise him. He's good, and he's saying, man, why don't you see it and praise him for it? What he's saying is, why don't you get it? What is blinding you? What is so bad that you're missing out on praising God for his goodness? How can you not see how good God is? What's so wrong that you can't see it? What he's saying is, why, oh, why don't you get this? Maybe you could say this, psalmist is saying, what else does God have to do in order for you to see his goodness? What is that thing that is there that's blinding you every day to the goodness of God? Why won't we just praise him? Look, he says, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You know what the definition of gratitude is? Does anybody know? It's this to show that a kindness received is valued. Gratitude is this. It's to show that a kindness received is valued. That a kindness received is valued. That means this. When someone does kindness to you, gratitude is your way of showing them that you valued their kindness. Now, I could be kind to Monica, I could give Monica, what would you like, Monica? It's yours. I just gave it to you. Is she thankful? Yeah. Is she happy? Are you happy? She's happy. She's got a million dollars. But you know what gratitude is? Her response back to me showing me that it was valued. And listen to me. How often do people do kind things to us and we don't show gratitude? What you just did for me, I want to show you it has value. I, let, let, me just, let me just get personal. It's going to pinch just a little. Your spouse, when's the last time you showed gratitude to them in their kindness? Now, if they were kind, I could be grateful. You know what the truth is? If you would just look, and probably not even hard enough, you would find something that has enough value that you would be grateful for. It all goes back to our attitude. And if we don't deal with each other that way, it, how much harder is it for us to deal with God that way? I used to hear this, that if you don't respect the authority you see in your life, it's hard to respect authority you don't see in your life. I, I would, I, and I agree with that. It, it, and, and I think it goes deeper even in, in, in areas of, of thankfulness and gratitude. If you're not gra grateful and show gratitude to the people you do see in life, then how are you going to show gratitude to someone you don't see? Y you know what? I think God gives us relationships to practice on how we're supposed to treat him. 
And so he gives us someone to love so that we can show that love so that we know how to love. We, he gives us someone to, 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 to bless us so that we can show gratitude and learn gratitude so that we can give gratitude to him. You know the best, I think, that you can practice on is the physical relationships that God has blessed you with. Because in practicing and getting those relationships right, it's helpful then in making sure our relationship with him is right. It's difficult to love God when we hate everybody else. It's difficult to show gratitude to God when we don't show gratitude to those that God has put in our life. Gratitude is this. Did that pinch? Did that pinch? I'm sorry. You with me? And hear me tonight. And this is not just this psycho babble. This is gratitude. There is a life that Christians ought to live that soars above disappointments. And when, where, where the air is clean, the sun is shining, and the future is bright because of God's promises. And if we as children of God choose to live in the muck and the mire, in discouragement and disappointment, in, in, in filth and in, in murmuring and complaining, it's not because God's not a good God and God has forgotten you. It's not God's fault. It's a choice you and I have chose to make. We choose to live there. Or we choose to live on the principles that God has promised us. That psalmist says, oh, that we would. Let me be be finished with this evening. I just feel like we've pinched enough. I want you to take that paper, and maybe not right now, unless you wanted to stay after we pray, but would you do something before it gets away from you? Like, don't do this next week. I want you to do this as soon as possible. Would you just answer those seven, and they're about you. And nobody else needs to see it. I'm not asking you to turn it back in. I'm not asking you to share it. I I, I just want you to take that paper, and I want you to answer these questions. What does it mean attitude's important? Say it to yourself. What does it mean? Do you agree with it? In, In general, why should Christians be thankful? And in, in, in what specific things are you thankful for as a Christian? How does thankfulness, how does your thankfulness lead to greater faith? In what ways have you experienced the relationship between faith in God and an attitude of thanksgiving? And how does thankfulness affect your relationship with other people? In what ways is a thankful attitude a blessing in and of itself? Number six, how can an attitude of thankfulness be applied to a specific area of complaint you've identified over the last week? What I'm saying is this, identify something that you have been critical about and replace it with a spirit of thanksgiving. Is there anything to whom you need, any, anyone, I'm sorry, is there anyone to whom you need to express thankfulness this week? Because I think this, in us expressing thankfulness to others, it helps us to express, thank, uh, express thankfulness to God. And maybe there's someone that you just need to express an attitude of thankfulness or gratitude. And then what specific things will you do this week to grow in an attitude of thankfulness? If Listen, 
if you just get information and you do nothing with it. The Bible says knowledge just puffeth up. How, how many of you have been in church for a good, a good length of time in your life? Good length of time. How many of you would say you forgot more <laughs> that you've learned in church than you've remembered? Yeah. You know why? Because we don't put to application right away. And when we don't put it to application right away, it just goes in there, it gets mixed up with everything else that we've heard, and later on we're like, oh yeah, I probably should have used that. That would have helped me. I am asking you to do this. I don't want to just every week look at the negative. We identified the negative last week. And I don't want us to live there. And we don't have to keep looking at it. We don't have to keep complaining about the complaints. Replace it with an attitude of gratefulness. What can I put in my life that I become thankful? How can I just thank God? How can I view this situation and say, God, thank you? There was a famous author. He was... Um, uh, shipwrecked, and his whole crew died except for him. He was stranded on this island, and he was bitter, and he was upset, and he was bothered, and he finally came to the place where before he was rescued, he came to this place, I'm going to change my attitude, and instead of saying, woe is me, why am I shipwrecked? You know what he said? Thank you, Lord, that I survived. Woe is me, I'm alone. Thank you, Lord, you're with me. You see, he was so negative about the situation he caught himself in and found himself in, he chose then to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to look at the, the positive that you're doing in my life and thank you for that. I'm not alone, you're with me. I'm not dead, I'm alive. It's not hopeless. You rescued me. And some of us just need to see our life through the lens of the gospel instead of the lens of self-centeredness. God loves you. He died for you. He compassionately sent his son. And Jesus went through all the abuse and suffering that he went through so you could spend eternity with God. How can I complain against a God like that? Why would I? Father, help us, I pray, as we look every other week, we're going to look at an area that we need to change, and then every other week we'll look at what we need to change it with. And, or maybe for some this isn't it. Maybe the next week is what they deal with. So, Lord, I just pray that whatever... We need that through these several weeks that you'll give us